fixing your hair. Does it look okay? Is it all good? Was it's it beautiful. Good? Of course your hair looks good. Oh, that's nice. I'm a nice guy. You are. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Odoom and Andrea podcast. My name is Odoom, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Andrea. And together, we talk about people that do some really cool stuff, have some amazing adventures, um, mm. and that inspire us to, you know, want to try our own little adventures. And um, today, I think, well, I'm really excited about this one, because I know yes. you are excited about this, because yes. you've been waiting for a long time to talk about this person and this is somebody that we've read before yes uh, you've read with the kids and mm-hmm. it's really up uh definitely up my alley mm-hmm. um i don't know if it's so much up your alley but we'll see what yeah. happens after we read this mm-hmm. um so i'm talking about adam schultz yes and he's a canadian mm-hmm. correct do you know where he was born he's somewhere in ontario he's born in fenwick ontario, fenwick, ontario. so which is ni- like niagara area niagara area yeah. And this book we're reading today of his is called Alone Against the North, mm-hmm. an Expedition into the Unknown. Mm-hmm. And of course, this really uh, like speaks to me, I guess you can say, because, you know, in 2018, we decided to do our own little expedition where we were going to <laughs> go all across of Canada and and, um, United, and the States. United States. Yeah. Um, but things ended up not working out so well. Um, <laughs> you can, al- you can, you can like always check out um, check our YouTube videos. channel to see how, how, <laughs> see how that, that crashed and burned. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> either tried. way, we tried and yeah. it was still a whole lot of fun. And Absolutely. if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Try, try again. Absolutely. Um, so with that being said, um, let's just maybe let's just get into this because I'm excited because I, yep. I haven't read this this no, one no the one we did read together with the kids and it was actually an audiobook yeah i can't remember what the title was beyond the trees beyond the trees yes. and that was him going kind of up against the up against like going up the mackenzie river i think it was was it the mackenzie part river? of it was the mackenzie, part of the mackenzie river yeah. yes yes uh, so he basically in that book he basically journeys right across the arctic canadian the canadian yeah. arctic um and he did and that was like four thousand kilometers yeah on his own on his own the yeah. arctic then it's just like the bugs and yeah the musk mux- ox musk <laughs> and uh all the crazies i mean just to be alone and and this is also it's not like yeah going camping uh in Algonquin Park, where the trails uh, are really no. well defined, this is like, <laughs> like there is you know, no trail. Yeah, <laughs> or wasn't there some maybe some older, like you know, yeah. pass or what you know, but yeah, not like but not here's well, def- you know, it's yeah. But he's also just like on like the waterways, so in a way, like right. that is the path, right? Exactly, forward, exactly. Um, and yeah. he obviously has tremendous skills because he's been doing this for forever. This wasn't his, his first thing. Yeah. Anyways, enough about that yes. book because we're here to talk about Alone Against the North. Yes. So with that, take it away. So. Adam Schultz is known as Canada's Indiana Jones. Mm, awesome. So love it already. Yeah. So like we were saying, he was born in Fenwick and he spent like his whole entire life just in the outdoors. He has a fraternal twin brother and his dad, they would just Sorry, what's fraternal? Fraternal not identical. Right. So you're you're a born at the same time or whatever. Yeah, just you're not just, identical. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because that's like two different eggs being fertilized by two different sperm. I think so. Yeah. Anyways, just to get technical, because it obviously obviously is important for this discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, I know. Uh, So they were always outdoors. Their dad taught them how to fish and trap and just how to love the woods. And so he loved them so much. He was like, 
Um, he also loved like looking at maps and it's funny because yeah. this is, and he liked looking not just like at, you know, like the road map, but like this kind of like the satellite view. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and yep. the topographic and stuff. And it's funny because Tristan, whenever we look up something, he always makes me go satellite view to yeah. see all the wilderness and stuff. Yeah, so that was the train. funny. Yep. Yeah. And to the point where, so I have this one, this is the, one of the books of his that we own. Um, it's a history of Canada and 10 maps. Um, so you can tell, like, obviously he loves maps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, Best-selling author of Alone Against the North. I guess he wrote this one after, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, how do I take this and make it into a job, basically? So like traveling around or exploring yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exploring and, yeah. and all of that stuff. Um, unfortunately, he was told, well, you're born in the wrong century if you want to be an explorer because it's already explored. Everything's explored. Yeah. Um, <laughs> reminds me of the uh, the Jim Carrey movie. Um, oh, what's it called? Jim and Show. The Truman Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I want to be an explorer. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's already been all explored. Yeah. <laughs> Just try to discourage him from leaving. Yeah. But what's really interesting is he goes through how vast and how big Canada is and our population density. And so if you look at our population density now and like even before Europeans came, it's almost an, like implausible to think that the whole of Canada especially the north has been completely explored and it's almost impossible to think to think that uh, human footprints have touched every single place Mm -hmm. like there's there has to be places here that have not been explored because they're so remote or so vast because even the aboriginal the native people that lived here before europeans there's places that even they wouldn't have been able to go because there's just not enough people to get that far to these different places so i thought that was really really interesting and so canada's north just to give you an idea of like scale of how big it is there's more than 5,000 kilometers from Alaska in the west all the way to Labrador in the east. So that's how vast yep. our our country is. And the population density here is less than 0.09 people per square kilometer. Yep. And then to, to, to compare that, when we talked about Mongolia with Ash Dykes, the re- one of the reasons he wanted to go there was because, again, it's the same idea. Popu- it's a huge area, but population is like density is really low so mm-hmm. the population density of mongolia is 1.76 that's uh, so like two or three orders of magnitude yes can't remember exactly well you said yeah. 0.09 to 0.09 to, to one point to one point yeah, two orders of magnitude yeah. yeah and so to compare that to a, a hugely populated like country like india uh, their population density is 390 oh yeah it's, per it's square kilometer. yeah so and the thing too with canada is that i don't know exactly the number here so i'm just gonna speak kind of out of my ass here but yeah. it's something it may be in between 60 to 80 percent of all people live along kind of the border yes. between canada and the united states yes. i don't know exactly what the percentage is but it's a lot just more around the southern areas of well yes of, of the country and even for the indigenous people it was yes it's the same thing they were only in really two to three small areas so yep. there the were rainforests in british columbia and then southern ontario because yep. of just you know well southern ontario has such fertile lands yes. the, i mean the great lakes are there yes, and close exactly. from the great lakes you can get all the way all up the to, way the, to ocean. the ocean exactly um you exactly. know so i mean that's the nature of kind of exploration where life kind of goes in it goes in from the water and then you kind of spread outwards right yeah. like think of the mesopotamian times and and uh, you know the early early humans and that's kind of kind of how the early civilizations were it's, it's always, always around rivers, rivers and, and water because i mean 
it's like the foundation For of so life. Many things, yeah. Yep. Um, and so, in 1916, the Geologic Survey of Canada estimated that the country still contain, contained over 900,000 square miles of unexplored territory. Yeah. And it wasn't until 2012 that the kind of final um, topographic map of Canada was finished. Mm. Just to give you an idea of just like how unexplored this country actually really, really is. But he does say that like a lot of the... Um, but that's the, that topographic map, that's probably stuff done by satellites as yes. opposed to actually people going exactly. there. Exactly. And, and that's the point he's making is some of these places are not accurately mapped. And we'll get into what happens in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says there's so many lakes in Canada that no geographer has like been able to count them all and so they estimate that there's like three million that's like our best estimate that there's like three million i just want to have one house (laughs) and cabin on a lake so let's just get one of those three million and and this is all like crown land i would imagine mostly like is it owned by the people i don't know i don't i don't i don't really know um yeah it's a good question but i don't know yeah all right so fair enough so the area that we're going to be talking about today that he's going to be exploring is called the Hudson Bay Lowlands. Mm-hmm. And so we have obviously Big Hudson Bay and then James Bay kind of comes down. So the Hudson Bay Lowlands are kind of like right around there. Okay. And like in between Hudson's Bay and James Bay. Yeah. That yeah. kind of whole area. And so On the west side or on the east side? On the west side of yeah. James Bay and in Ontario because on the yeah. east side of James Bay, it's Quebec. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking Ontario. Okay. And so it stretches. Like Churchill is kind of around that area. That's Manitoba. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty know. sure. What's the one? That, there's one in Ontario, Northern Ontario. One city that's kind of close there. Cochrane? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I can look it up on the I'm map. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but anyways, so it stretches for um, almost 400,000 square kilometers. And so, but basically it's like the native people, they used to call it like a, I forgot the quotes in here somewhere, but it's like a ster- like sterile because there's, it's just like muskeg, which is like Northern uh, quicksand because mm. it's just this moss and it's just like, you just sink in it. You don't but really want to walk in there. Yeah, yeah. But because like that you have like sometimes permafrost, it, the water can't drain into the soil. Right. So you just have this like whatever. And there's like stunted forest and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's probably pretty dangerous then I would imagine. Yep. And, um, and yeah, so the, like the soils, well, for rookies anyways. yeah. And so like <laughs> the soils obviously are really poor and really acidic, but it is North America's largest wetland. Mm. It's just, it's so vast. Um, and so there was uh, like a lot of fur trading posts on like the major rivers that drain into Hudson's Bay and James Bay. Um, but for the most part, like it's just not very well explored at mm-hmm. all. So, um, so his whole deal was he was kind of like, I'm not sure. He did like a, a master's degree and I can't, I think he went to um, the Hamilton University. I forget it now. McMaster. McMaster, yeah. So I think he did some work in McMaster. Um, and so he's he was just kind of looking at maps, trying to plan like his next adventure. And he wanted to find a river that had like no evidence of humans having been there before and definitely no documentation of anyone having been there before yeah and within canada obviously he's sticking to to canada okay yeah yeah and so he says people don't make a name for themselves by following in the footsteps of others and the easy path is generally not the most interesting so 
Uh, that's yep. really cool. So what he does find is he finds this river that kind of parallels the Ontario-Quebec border, and it's called, it does have a name, it's called the Again River, and he can't find any like any documentation of anybody having been there other than the surveyors that would have had to cross it at one point to for the border for the line yeah yeah so but only at that one point not the whole thing right so is it it's like when you say he's doing like research and he's trying to find out these things he's just going to different libraries i guess I and just so. looking at the old maps, old maps. and archives and then yeah, yeah like he had to dig deep for a lot of the information he was looking for and so just to give you an idea so the again river it drains into what's called the I'm not gonna say it right the Harry Canna River which was a minor fur trade river and then that river then drains into James Bay. Okay. So that's kind of where we are on the map in a way. Um, so he wanted to be the first um, write the first detailed exploration and substantial published account of the again river in history and so looking at the maps it looked like it was just over like 100 kilometers long um the river mm -hmm. yeah and so do you know what stage of river it is or in other words do you know how like how wide it is and how yeah so we'll get into that okay one. yeah for right. sure for sure and so yeah so him and his dad end up going together in 2008 and so they go to Cochrane and then they get someone to drive them to kind of this one creek that they're able to then canoe down this creek and then hopefully eventually find the headwaters of the again and then go yeah down so go down go, go down the river go down the river yeah but it's like up in the map towards yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. and this is what's always weird to me because i'm like oh rivers drain down well it's not down on a map yeah no yeah. <laughs> it's down yeah so it th that one always kind of yeah. yeah messes with me so so that was in 2008 they go um and they, like his dad's just like no i'm done <laughs> like kind of like after like a week or 10 days his dad's no, really. like no we're, I, we're not they get to this like one really marshy area where he thinks there's the headwaters of this river are somewhere, but his dad's kind of like done because it's just like, it's awful. It's just like so marshy and there's the, like almost impassable. Right. So just like the bugs, I'm sure, are just eating them alive. Oh, uh, I can't even when he's talking about the bugs, it's just no. like, I can't. Ugh, it's awful. No. It's just awful. It's like, I don't think even if you were made out of pure deet, you'd still be, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you'd, st you'd still be vulnerable. Yeah. And That's crazy. So... Then the next year, him and his friend go, his friend Wesley, who he's done so many different trips with, they go and they attempt the same thing. Just try to find, Just try to the, find headwater. the headwaters yeah. again the next year. But it's funny because he's really, uh, he's, oh, I'm not going to be able to find it in here. He's really funny because his, um, just his attitude about things like cause his, his friend was just like, well, I only have like this amount of time because I need to be back for my sister's wedding. Right. And so he's just like, well, well I'm, I'm sure they would understand you're like exploring like when they understand if you're like late by like a little bit and, and yeah. it's like I just don't understand this <laughs> late by a little bit it's not <laughs> you like know? you're gonna roll in late it's like oh four weeks late to the wedding <laughs> yeah so it was just really further really funny and yeah. just like how he talks about it. he has a really good sense of humor yeah and so this time they get a little bit further but they just don't have enough time and they have to turn around and come back do they do they still find the headwaters no still no, no. still they, they don't go too much further than him and his dad do at that point okay um so then that winter he ends up working for canadian geographic writing articles and he kind of almost like he, 
you know, kind of puts that river out of his mind. He's like, oh, he attempted it twice. It's just kind of not happening. Um, and he goes, but that winter he does some research and he goes to the Everglades. Um, and Wes was actually supposed to go with him. And he's like, oh, well, he apparently he had to work and he has his girlfriend now. And blah. And he's like, oh, he's like, it's like he's getting domesticated, like perish, yeah. perish the thought yeah. kind of thing. So it's, it was just kind of funny how we talked about it. Um, but then he also goes to the Amazon that winter as well. And it was really crazy is I guess like he must have, well, he even says like his memory is like really, really good. And so I guess when he got there, they kind of gave him a test about like all these different like insect species and plant species about like what each one was. Mm-hmm. And he was like he, the ones to watch out for and that are yeah, dangerous or whatever, or just, or what they were looking for maybe on this expedition. And like, he got a perfect, mm-hmm. he knew what everything was. Yeah. So well, I guess if you're around that kind of stuff all the time, you know, it just becomes second nature. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, but this is Amazon, so it's like different than Canadians. Well, no, I understand. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So he then he's kind of working for Canadian Geographic for a while. And he just like has, you know, he sees like all the memorabilia there from like other explorers that have come before him. And he talks a lot about all the different explorers, which is which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's de- that's definitely worth a read. Um, so then he submits a proposal to explore another nameless river on the Hudson Bay Lowlands. So sorry, he receives a what? Sorry. He submits a proposal. A proposal. Okay. To wait for, for them to give him a grant. To the Canadian Geographic Survey or whatever. Society or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To explore a different, not the again river, but another river. Right. In the Hudson Bay Lowlands that again, didn't have any published record of being explored. Um, and they had never sponsored an expedition into the lowlands before. So he was given the grant. And yeah. so he actually proposed, um, there was two different rivers he was kind of looking at that he could, he could, he could do. Um, so he's trying to find someone to go with him. He cannot find anyone to go with yeah. him except the, his one buddy that was really good at athletics, yeah. but a crazy slacker. And so this guy, right. he's in his 20s, living in the basement of his parents' house. Sure. He's just lazy, just kind of, you know. Lazy, but athletic. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> like just one of those people that's just really good at it, like, but just doesn't put much into it. Sure. Like, yeah. 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 So he's always, and so Adam's talking about him and describing this guy and he's like losing everything. Like he loses his wallet. He forgets things everywhere. Sounds like, familiar. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it me? <laughs> I know. No, but like this is like a next level though. Like All right. next level kind of thing. So mostly it's Adam that is prepping for this trip. And so because they're going into polar bear territory, apparently it's required by the government or something well because it's funded that, by yes. the whatever that's what they so need to because if you're going by yourself you don't have to but yeah no but they're but like for them you the, have to take yeah, a gun yeah, yeah you have to have at least like a 22 caliber yeah they don't want someone that you. they sent out there on their dime getting yeah killed. getting killed by a polar bear <laughs> so he has to get a gun plus and a bunch of different ammo for that the guy's like oh well here i'm gonna give you this and well you probably want this one too and you probably want this one too for like well, polar bears right depending on like where well th- doesn't how far you a want. gun have the same type of ammo well, I think I he, like you got him like different shell like types, I guess. I don't know. Bird shot or something like that too. I yeah, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, I, I guess maybe know. it's like a shotgun. It has different. Yeah. I don't know. I just want one that has got a good spread. You got a good spread. It's got a good spread. <laughs> Ain't got no problem over here anymore. Yeah. So they end up driving to Hearst, and then they take a plane to this lake where they're kind of gonna start. And apparently there was like a kind of a camp 
set up on this lake as well, even though it's like crazy remote. What's interesting is... Well, I if you can play it in, you know, yeah. get some supplies there. What's kind of interesting is that I have uh, family history in Hearst. Mm. So that's where that's right. my, uh, my mom's parents lived for a really long time. And I think... And then my mom, my grandmother's family, they lived in Hearst for a really, really long time because they're Finn. And so Finns came from Finland. Came yeah. from Finland. And of course, they go where it's freezing cold because why not? Why not? So, yeah. And what's interesting, too, is so they take the plane to this lake and he talks about um, this uh, mining, like open pit mine on this one of the main kind of rivers in the lowlands. And he talks about he talks about that mine, and then there's another mine that's actually really close to the headwaters of the Again River mm-hmm. as well. And so he he talks about those mines and just like how there's such like a blemish, and they really are. If you look at a map and you see them, like they look awful, like the mines? this beautiful yeah. wilderness and then these like open pit mines. Yeah, well, I mean, so that is one. I mean, the one thing about Canada is that there's. Uh, uh, one thing I was thinking too is there's got to be tons of resources there. Yes. Like, is this gold or diamonds or this, what? Well, this you one know? is a De Beers mining site, so it's diamonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so they land in Holly Lake, and immediately Brent compl- starts complaining. It's cold. There's bugs. Uh, their canoe's really small. This like really tiny thirteen foot canoe. Why would they get a thirteen foot canoe with two guys so for so long? They just he can't afford it. Even though they're funded, it, there's still like there's a lot of stuff they just don't have. And so he decides to get this used thirteen foot canoe. Oh my god! And it's like really super shallow. It only weighed fifty two pounds. So, so it's a good canoe, but yeah, because I mean the lighter is usually yeah. the more, exp- but the better. Generally. But it's even it's not like Kevlar or anything mm. like that. Like it's yeah. So, and then at one point, like they're trying to get paddle. And so they, he had, Adam has to like jump into the canoe because how it's like, so, um, it's so windy and the waves are so crazy. So they have to get in. So he has to just jump in and he lands on his thumb and it's like bleeding and awful and gross and everything. And he's like, for the rest of the trip, he's like in intense pain because this is Adam's thumb. thumb. Adam's thumb. Yeah. So, and then Adam has to teach Brent how to do like everything. Like, so from like... They're not prepared for no, this at all? No, not at all. So he has to show, to show him how to like load and fire the shotgun. He has to show him how to purify water. The guy doesn't uh, even know how to make a fire. Like... Well, like what way? Just like with a lighter? Well, I guess. <laughs> so Adam goes down to like their first night of camping. Adam goes down to purify water. And he's like, okay, well, like he kind of sets up, gets the logs and stuff and kind of sets up the fire. He's like, okay, Brent, can you like get this going while I go purify water? He comes back... And trying to light the big log no, on fire. No, he's like just like sitting, head down, and he's like Adam comes back. He's like, "What the fuck? Why is yeah. there no fire?" Yeah. He's like, "It won't light. It won't light." And so Adam's yeah. just like really quick. Oh, it's work, work yeah. good. Like, yeah. Well, you got to start with the the dry leaves or something well, like that. Well, of course, like got to start small yeah, or whatever, like, build it up. The, but like even the kids know how to start yeah. a fire. Like, well, I guess it's well, not hard. Well, the thing is, is you learn too because when we went on our trip too, right? It's like you start the fire and they see what we're doing and whatever and you just learn by, yeah. you know. So yeah. if you don't have someone, yeah, yeah anyways, that's weird. Yeah, so. I, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me that you, you're going on this long trip know. way up north. I know. And like this guy doesn't even know anything. Like, that's weird. And, like, you don't know how to use a shotgun? Like, did you not take lessons? Like, they I don't mean, just... I would. Going into polar bear like, territory. Like, you need to have a license in order to get a gun. And then you have to, like, pass yeah. some tests. I guess you don't 
yeah, they, they don't take you shooting. Yeah. I think you just have to write a written test. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. yeah so I don't know. So anyways. Weird. So he has a couple. Yeah, I want to know how to use it. Yeah. So he has a couple different like routes he has planned out. Um, and so the first route is to they go down these lakes and then they're going to portage across the forest to try and get to the headwaters of this like unknown lake. And so trying so to. Port- I just think of portage no, and like. When you know when you're going, even yeah. down this route, it's still a pain in the ass. Yeah. I can't imagine portaging and not even knowing where I you're know. going. I no know. set to find path. You're w- walking through sticks and woods and whatever. I mean, I guess the only and it's good like thing. dense forest. Well, like uh, it's like untouched dense forest. Well, I was, was, was going to say, though, the, the one good thing that might be good in the north is that the further north you go, the less forest and tree yes. cover there's going to be. So yes. maybe there's smaller trees and maybe it's more open. I don't, they're not, not, they're not where they are. They're not tundra level not north yet, yet. not yeah, yet yeah. not yet not where they are and so which is just like open fields which at least is uh, yeah you know. yeah yeah so but they're yeah, trying to that's crazy like make a trail for themselves and so brent's job is he's supposed to actually like make i didn't know this but they're actually called blazes yep and so because you use a hatchet and you cut both sides like big chunks out of the tree so then you can see when you're going and then when you're coming back mm. so like he's not doing it really good. It's like, like not okay. a good job. I thought you said this guy's <laughs> athletic. I know, so. but he won't see them. So Adam has to take over doing this now. So he's doing the blazes. He's navigating and that's at the so same can, time. Then blazing is also to make sure that you can track where you've gone. So well, you yeah, get lost, of course, you can back of course. So he's navigating using a compass to figure out how, where they're going, how to get there. He's blazing the trail and then he's kind of keeping up like a constant dialogue to keep Brent's morale up because he can tell like he's just like it's not yeah yeah Yeah. and so um Brent is just like no I want to go home everything's horrible I'm done and Adam's like no you don't have a choice we're here like no one's coming like we got to go on and Brent's like no I want to call the pilot back and I want to I want to go and he's like well it's gonna be a lot of money and Adam just like he's he's mad like he, he says like he gets furious at Brent's poor effort and his obstinate refusal to push on yeah. and so they so end up going back to the camp at the first night and so after how long like a night one night is like, like one it. night and the next day when they're trying to blaze this trail and so they go back and they see a caribou in the water and so that kind of like lifts his spirit Brent's spirits a little bit and they start talking about all these different adventure stories and all this stuff and he tells Brent how a few weeks of hardship is worth it for a lifetime of proud reflection and yeah. he says you are what you make yourself into yeah, 100% so he gives Brent a few new route options because he's like okay I guess I can get he doesn't want to do this crazy portage there's no freaking trail so he gives him another route option and so at this point they were going to go all the way down what's called the Sutton River to Hudson's Bay and then go a kind of around Hudson's Bay coastline and then to another river, go up that river to try and find this, the headwaters. Instead of so instead of portaging, they're gonna go yeah, down a river across, across. Right. Across. So how long do they have on this trip? What, how long was it supposed to so be So he doesn't talk about time. So I don't know how he was out for long. He was out really for like any of these expeditions, okay. to be honest. Mm. So um, anyways, so they are paddling down this Sutton River and 
at one point, this is like a week into their trip, at one point he sends Brent to go collect wood for the fire, yeah, right? And, and never heard from again. <laughs> no. He comes back with a whole fucking tree. He cut down a fucking tree. That's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so, and he's like constantly insisting, no, it'll burn, it'll burn. And I'm like, no. dude, Greenwood, Greenwood doesn't burn. Like, you got to look for deadfall. Like, this is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is like... Like, like fire 101. Yeah. And so like after, literally after like this whole week, like Brent's learned nothing, right? Yeah. Like you'd think you'd learn something. And so even like Adam, he always has like a fishing rod with him to catch fish to eat. And Brent's even too squirmish to even let him kill the fish. He's like, oh no, I'll put it back in the lake. And it's just like, what are you going to eat? What are you going to eat? Like, so. Um, they, how much food did they bring? I think they they brought enough, but it, like the, the nice fresh fish is gonna be awesome so they get finally they're still going down this this just this first river and he he describes brent as almost being like in a comatose state and he says as if the incessant bugs and dreary rather weather had left him shell-shocked and so by this point adam is doing everything he's paddling he's navigating making the fire cooking setting everything up packing their packs like everything and um he said, wrenched from the cozy, work-free life he had been living, Brent was finding the rigors of our daily routine a tough adjustment. Yeah, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. Um, so, but what he does say is... I don't know. It sounds like heaven to me. I, well, <laughs> to I know. <laughs> I know. So, he he does talk a little bit about... Um, and this is a little bit about, about how Ross Edgley talked about morale and everything Mm -hmm. and he said like even though he was really frustrated they never really got angry with each other and he says the history of exploration had taught me that camaraderie and good interpersonal dynamics were crucial to success since brent and i were together all day and slept side by side in a tiny tent with a shotgun and an assortment of knives between us it was essential that we remain on good terms well (laughs) well it seems like he had to do it more than the other guy because he had to just not lose his shit because he had to do literally everything yeah yeah, exactly. Like, could you imagine having to set up your tent, everything quickly? Like that's it's so much work. It's so much work. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you're like having this one person. That's They're just sitting just there, doing not nothing. doing anything. How could you, anyways? Yeah. Good, so good for him to be able to keep his calm and, and cool under yeah. that uh, under that situation because that's that's horrible. Well, and then not only that, and this goes a little bit to what Ross Edgley talked about too. So remember when we talked about how the guy in the POW camp, how he wasn't like oh we're going to be rescued by this time we're getting rescued by this time right just that they're going to be rescued yes and And so brent sets himself up so for like a kind of in a similar fashion so they know they're almost at the mouth of this of the sutton river which empties into hudson's bay and so they know that there's this kind of abandoned camp there like Mm. a building and so brent builds it up in his mind like oh i bet you it's really nice i bet you there's like beds there that we can sleep on and he builds it up builds it up well when they get there it's like almost falling down. Like yeah. Adam's like, I don't even know how this thing is still like up. And there's so just like these like wire bed frames. To even be there almost. Yeah. yeah. And so that just like, again, just shoots, him down. just shoots him down. And so Brent's like, I'm done. Call the plane. I'm out. I can't yeah. do it. And so. Not even doing anything. Yeah. And <laughs> so. First, first part. Yeah. And so Brent tr- tries to convince Adam to go with him and even like the the pilot that comes to pick Brent up is like well, you should just come like you can't stay out here you can't do this on your own um and I'm just like no like this is what I've committed to like I'm doing this I I have to I have yeah. to do this probably have a better time on his own anyways 
doesn't well, have to carry all this I, dead weight yeah, with him. Yeah, I think so. And he says, I trusted in my own abilities and told myself that the best asset was my mind. As long as I remained calm and level-headed, I could overcome any situation. So really, he's like a lot of the people that we've read about. He's just really mentally strong. Yep. Like he, he knows how to survive in the wilderness and has those skills, but also it's that mental resilience. And yeah. Capacity, yeah. It's one thing so. to know how to survive, but it's also to be able to deal with the constant, like I said, the cold, the injuries, the wet, and there's the overall physical, um, toll that yeah. something like that takes on you. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not doing a hundred marathons in a hundred days or whatever it is, but you're constantly on the move. You're constantly doing something. It's like nonstop. Right. Yeah. Um, in very poor conditions. So it's yeah. it's very physically taxing. And then at the same time, then that makes it mentally taxing as well. Yeah. And then so this part, I don't know if he meant this to be funny, but I found it funny because mm-hmm. he's, so Brent's gone and he's, you know, re- kind of redoing his route and figuring out what he's going to do and how he's going to, what uh, river he's going to look for now. And so he's thinking about being alone and he thinks about the fact that, you know, like most of the great explorers and even, even some of the well-known current ones don't go on their own and suggest that you probably shouldn't be going on your own mm-hmm. because the consequences yeah. of even something small happening it's are huge. way oh, yeah. bigger. Yeah. But then he talks about the guy, the main character from the movie The Revenant. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. With His the name's Hugh Glass. He got like completely mauled, mauled by the bear, almost yeah. killed by the bear and talks. And like this guy, that guy, st- it's a true story about mm. what happened. And so he crawled, that guy crawls back to whatever fort it was. And this is in like in the 1800s. Didn't he have somebody help him get like rebuilt his wounds? No, 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 no. He was completely on his own Mm. with all of his wounds, kind of basically crawling. And then he builds himself this like raft to go down the water, Mm -hmm. the river and everything. So that's who he's thinking about. And it makes him feel better. Oh, well, this guy can do it. it." I was like, oh, my gosh. You should see that movie again. Uh, I know. That's what I was thinking when he was Mm. describing it. Because he was telling the story. And I was like, I feel like that's the Revenant guy. And then I looked it up. (laughs) Yeah, it is the Revenant guy. It seems like a movie. I know. So, so yeah, so he ends up charting this uh, nameless tributary. He canoes up to the headwaters and it's all like upriver. So it's a pain in the butt to canoe. Uh, Yeah. So he's either canoeing or he's like dragging uh, like upriver. So he, he looks at it and everything and he's just like having the time of his life. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's amazing. And so then he gets to the headwaters and turns back around and goes back down to Hudson's Bay towards Hudson Bay where he's going to get picked up by a, a plane as well. So what's kind of crazy is um, he he's on his way back and he sees off in the distance these white boulders. Okay. And he's like, oh, those white boulders, those are like, those are really big boulders. Pure diamond. <laughs> no, it's a polar bear. Mm, oh yeah that's not a boulder at all so he has his gun with him and so he's kind of like yeah i guess he doesn't worry so much about like grizzlies or black bears he's but polar oh, bears, bears. You, wanna, you don't want to mess well with. he tells and this is a cool thing about his stories is he always kind of goes off on tangents, tangents i don't yeah. think they're tangents though because it's well, like it's telling like the history right. and everything yeah, yeah. and so he's talking a lot about polar bears and just how um significant and how different they are from grizzlies or yeah. or black bears because they're black like 100 percent carnivores and hunters um, right? they are the biggest yeah. land carnivore mm. ever and so the biggest recorded one was 2200 pounds and 11 feet tall 
And like these like things. Like when it was standing up? Yes, or? yes. And so like these things, a lot of people that go out on these expeditions, they'll have these this like electric fencing that they'll put up around their camps to hopefully deter. Yeah. But like he was talking about one expedition where there was 12 people and they had the electric fencing up. It didn't matter. Like oh, they went through right it through. and then he they killed one person. Until they, yeah. Yeah. And so he I was going to say he's going to kill all 12. It's like, holy jeez. No. But no. But they shot it down after yeah, it got one anyways. I guess. And then he talks about this other event where there's polar bear. I don't know. How, I don't know what happened, but the polar bear drags this guy out into the middle of Main Street in this one town and just goes, eats this guy in the middle of Main Street. It's just On eating a street? this guy. Yeah. Well, yeah what yeah. town is this? I don't know. Somewhere up north. He talks about it though. So. Jeez. Yeah. So anyway, so he sees this polar bear and the polar bear kind of runs away so he makes sure he has his shotgun he can't see where the polar bear goes and camouflage well it's not camouflage but he can't it's so (laughs) thick right and so he goes through and then does he say he's scared or like he's like you make sure his gun's loaded or whatever and like he's so He's such a nature guy. He's like, he kind of like made the agreement with himself that he wasn't going to shoot unless it like absolutely necessary. Right. Yeah. He's, he's not like, I'm going to find uh, it. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. So he, um, he's, he's going down. He's still kind of wary, kind of looking around. And then again, in the river he's going on, he sees again, like these two big boulders. He's like, oh, like those are huge boulders in like the middle of the, in the middle of the river. Like, what yeah. the fuck? No, they're bears. No, it's a, fucking giant bear this thing is so huge grizzly or polar it's a polar bear he's like this thing was at least a thousand pounds like it's i've never seen anything like it before it's huge yeah so yeah this thing gets within 13 feet of him like that's how close because the bear gets in the water starts kind of swimming after him he has pictures on his instagram of because this bear he's, in the water. Well, he's going downstream yes. towards it so yes. he can't even really slow down he can't it's slow like, down oh, shit. Here we yeah go. so he has his gun and yeah this thing has no fear of him it's like growling and snarling at him yeah it's not like a black bear is just gonna start running no, away no 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 so he gets by without incident luckily but then he gets was back. He like shouting at it or like waving because he didn't big, he didn't or? say he didn't say anything but he had like he had his gun and like how sweaty. big across the river is this? I don't know. I don't know. So he's like, oh, I'm going to try to stay on this he side. He did. Like he says, <laughs> he tries to stay as far away. But then even he's like, I don't know on the other side. Is there bears in there? Because he can't even see. Like, I don't I don't know where is safe kind of thing. So but, then uh, nowhere. <laughs> nowhere. So then he, he gets back to like that little shack or whatever at the mouth of the Hudson Bay where they picked up Brent. And so he's just like, I don't know where the fuck this bear is. Like, I don't know what's going on. he's getting on. hunted. Yeah. And so hunted. he gets into the shack and he tries to do what he can to kind of like block the door with these like old wire uh, bread frames. Yeah. And it's a thousand pounds. Yeah. And, and that's, bolt. yeah. And he knows this. Right. So obviously like that whole night he's not sleeping. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yes, gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then eventually that the next day, the, uh, the pilot comes to pick him up and he's like, you better get in here quick because like there is a huge bear, polar bear coming down the river. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. So he saw it too. And he's like, and the pilot's like an old, like old trapper. Yeah, old uh, guy. He he's like, that's the biggest bear I've ever seen. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was like no joke. So, yeah. yeah so so I he was probably hunting him. Well, maybe not hunting him, but, but yeah. Yeah. So they have pretty good senses, I would imagine. I would imagine. Yeah. Probably so smell them. Yeah. So he does that and um, he gets a job, I think later on that summer, fall, winter, whatever, um, t- 
teaching survival skills to kids at this kind of camp. And yeah. so I only mention this because he says the kids picked up fire making better than Brent did. Yeah. So. Well, they're in a nice, calm environment, <laughs> yeah. I guess. So maybe then know, it's a little maybe. bit easier to take in. But Yeah, but yeah. it was just really funny. And so he spends that winter kind of like writing his report up and all that ad- yeah. admin type stuff. He goes on a bunch of speaking engagements. And then the Canadian Geographic also offers him a job to make this um, big historical map of North America as well. So he's oh, working yeah. on that. And then he goes to British Columbia for, th- for three weeks to study um, petroglyphs because that's what he ends up doing his uh, doctorate on. Oh. So, and that kind of little aside into BC was really interesting too. So he's got his PhD, eh? Yeah. In yeah. what? Um, I can't, I can't remember. Is it more like geography type? More more like, like, yeah, like history, geography, because he does a lot of like the petroglyphs. Yeah, who's his his supervisor? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. Some of this, he doesn't talk a lot about himself in terms of that. Like, he's very modest and very humble. So, yeah. So, and then he also goes on like all of these different, um, like archaeological digs in Niagara and Ohio. So he's like, he's really busy and just, you know. But eventually he decides he can't get this again river out of his mind. And yeah. so he wants to go do it. Again. Right. And, and, that, and that's, and that is, I think the basics of, of this book though, of him going on that river, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean, being like, just kind of left in the Hudson Bay lowlands, like this mm. guy, like abandon you, abandons oh. you. That's kind of a big deal too. Right. Like, right. I guess. Yeah. So, but it's just funny because he said, I see the irony in the name of this. <laughs> <laughs> of the, this river the again, again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah so when he can't get anyone to go with him so mm-hmm. he he and he's like well i knew you know i did all that on my own and is this the before, before he did that mackenzie river one that we talked about yes yes so this yeah. is before this okay. is his, yeah yeah okay so then because that maybe he does this too then he knows like okay i can go on this like yeah. four month long one well, and he even was. said like his first kind of time that he went out by himself was when he was 13 and he yeah. went camping by himself so yeah so he goes back to the again um but the water levels are really, really low this time. So he has to go at a different mm. starting point, which yep. is, which is fine. Um, but to but get, still to it's more portaging. So to get to the headwaters, he has to do 15 kilometers of portaging to like across like shitty muskeg yeah. and like all of this stuff, stuff to get to the headwaters. Um, and even just to try and find the path, like he didn't even really take much of his stuff just because he just wanted hands free so he could try and navigate to find yeah. it. It took him four hours even just to find where the headwaters were. So he ba- finally he, he gets to them um, and he's just like, it's just like paradise. Like it's just... What, the river? Yeah, he's just like, it's so, it's so beautiful. And he talks about... Um, in the other river that he was looking at too, he talks about how um, just like the description of the forests and how the one forest he was like, oh, it felt like really eerie and he had like this vague sense of uneasiness in this one part of the forest. And that really reminded me of the difference in the feeling that I had when we were in Algonquin Park versus in Killarney. Mm -hmm. Like Algonquin, you feel like, well, there's so many people here. Like you feel like you're in the wilderness, but it's still like, not quite sure it's really explored i feel and oh yeah of course (laughs) yeah and there's always lots of people there and then we get to killarney and that's a different feel Mm. like that one felt 
weird, like wild, that more wild more. to me there. Yeah, even though there's still a lot of people, but, but yeah. not, not nearly as much. And then when we got to Quetico, that one felt oh. eerie to me. I felt really, really sketched out in yeah. Quetico. It was weird. But not because there was anything unsafe about it. You know what I mean? No, but it's just, I found that interesting that way he... way more, more isolated. Yeah, but I guess I just found that interesting that he described it that way too because I was like, yeah, there is different feelings depending on where you mm. are. Like, so it's what, interesting. What part did he say he felt eerie? Just trying to, just through that portage? No, no, no. This was, this was in the summer before the, uh, when he was with Brent, after mm. Brent had one of the forests, one of the rivers he went up. Uh, yeah, he said that one felt he eerie. He said that one felt eerie. Yeah. Yeah, so. Maybe it's just a combination of how it looks and, you know, if it's. Yeah. You know, maybe also with the, the, the bear scare or whatever, you might feel that uneasiness or what have you. Yeah. Well, the bear scare wasn't until after, mm. after, after that. Um, but he says, and he's, he's like, you know, people ask me all the time if like, I'm afraid of exploring alone. And it's interesting because again, this parallels to Cheryl Strayed's story and going on her own. And yeah. he's, he says, I am too in love with adventure and the allure of the unknown to let fear stand in my way. Yeah. So while I certainly have felt fear in the wilderness, most of the time I ignore it or embrace it. Yeah. So I thought that was, yeah, yeah really interesting. So again, as long as you don't do anything stupid, like, you know, the grizzly man guy or whatever it is, you know, you're, you're going to, there's a good chance you're going to be, you're going to be safe. Yeah. So again, he is on this, this canoe, this 13 foot canoe. This is the same one he brings. Mm -hmm. And so, which is okay if it's just you well right? yeah but this but it's boat's getting well it's old up. and banged up <laughs> it's yeah, getting yeah. banged up and so he what he finds on this river is like there's a lot of rapids like mm. a lot of rapids that he didn't expect because the the topographic satellite and the yeah. satellite you can't you can't really see that and mm. also it depends on different water levels over different years what you're gonna see right so he gets to a point where is he really skilled at navigating rapids oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh yeah so but he's paddling and the currents like all of a sudden at this one point like it's really really speeding across and um all of a sudden and so he's like kind of going over some of these like larger drops sorry does he wear a life jacket when he goes on Yes. Yeah. And a, and a helmet and a helmet. Yeah. He has a helmet on. And so he hears this like deafening roar. Yeah, that's not good. And it's like, he can't backpack. Like he's, he's, he's going over like there's, he's just, he's going over. So yeah. So he's flung over this waterfall. So it's a kind of a two-step waterfall. So it sounds like he goes over the, by the time you notice it, it's like, oh, well, you're done. What yeah. are you going to do? And so he goes over the one and the boat kind of gets broad, gets <laughs> filled up with water and then gets broadsided. And then he goes down the next right. one and mm -hmm. he's, he's out, like he's out it's and a total flipped over. Yeah. And the hull gets like crushed in. So he has to try and get all of his Stuff. gear plus yeah. the canoe. And he's like, what the fuck? So he has to like kick <laughs> canoe out so like so he can use it because yeah. he still needs to try get to down get this river yeah yeah so um get to a place where he can get uh you know rescued not yeah. rescued but you know picked so up or whatever so he estimates that the upper drop was a meter and then the second drop was like six meters okay that's not terrible and but so what happened was it really deep though so well at least it was deep but because the river narrowed it made it even faster mm. so yeah. it narrowed to like seven meters so crossing it at this like big torrent at yeah. the bottom and so he was like 
because that water was coming down so fast, he kept being pushed down. So I think he really... Almost drowned. Yeah, I think so. So he kind of makes these vows to himself that he's never going to go alone again into unexplored territory. Yeah. And he's going to get out of his boat and scout the white water before he goes down it. Yeah. Which he breaks both of these vows later oh, on yeah. after the fact. No, so of course. Yeah, and so then he... so he's he, like, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, so he kicks it and he hammers and fixes his canoe and then uses duct tape for any of the holes that he finds. I mean, what else are you going to do, right? So um, so he continues to find all of these um, waterfalls and he ends up finding like five uncharted waterfalls along this along, river that well, have the, never the river been seen before. The waterfalls on along the main river, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So... And he says, in our age of satellite technology and high-tech gadgetry, no substitute exists for the pure, simple pleasure and honest rewards of being in a remote, unknown place. Yep. So, Did you take pictures of it? Uh, yeah. So he makes if descriptions. The camera still, still, still works. works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's amazing. So yeah. So he just finds all these. So then he gets. Um, yeah. So he and then so the river em- empties into the more major hairy. Harry Canna River that then empties into into James Bay. And so he gets he gets to that the entrance of James Bay. And so I didn't know this, but apparently James Bay is really well known for being like having crazy storms and people being stranded and never Not heard really? from again on this mm. this part of the uh, this part of the bay. Well, I can imagine. I mean it's it's remote already, yeah. right? So, so mixed in with that a bay if, if there's like yeah, storms like in that maybe things get funneled or whatever i, I yeah, have no idea no, I yeah, don't yeah. Know, but yeah but even like he was even saying like that even those bays hudson bay and james bay even those are not well mapped like their surfaces and look how far stuff. north I know, it is it's, it's so insane just look at the maps like yeah. holy shit look how far that is yeah i mean even when we're um around um like the french river when that goes i think it drains into what is it huron or so. whatever yeah. even they say there there's like really? even when we're camping they're like just be careful where you're going because if there's any storms pick up there's a lot of um you know turbulent or what you know whatever can happen. Yeah, yeah so you got you just gotta you gotta be careful especially when you're on open water and that's just a great lake not about i mean it's still pretty big right yeah. but like hudson bay hudson, and yeah. like that's i know yeah, it's all it's huge it's a huge. lot bigger a lot colder yeah. like it's yeah Exactly. So because of this, he decides he's not going to canoe from that opening of James Bay to um, Moose Factory, which is where he would then take the Polar Bear Express train back to Cochrane. So he decides, so he calls um, on the sat phone, like people that have like motorboats that are going to come and pick him up and then take him back to Moose Factory. So, so like how far is it that he's in from a place where no one has ever explored before? To like, oh yeah, someone's just gonna come on the boat and pick me up. Well, no, you know what I mean? well, like, no. So, but so he takes the again river. The again river drains into the Harry Canna right, River. Right. So he went all the way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, into yes. like the bigger river. Yeah, or and then whatever. on and then on James Bay, and yeah. then so they come from Moose Factory. They pick him up, but even on their way back to Moose Factory, there's a storm. The engine stops. Oh, that's not good. Well, they, well, they, yeah, the, the, it's <laughs> it's really rough, and so they have to go back and wait a couple hours for it to calm down, and then they go back, and then their engine stops. So now it's dark, and so now, so they call for some, another boat to come and get them. Like a tugboat. Yeah, well, it's actually exactly the same type of boat that comes and gets mm. them, but the motor just works. The outboard motor still yeah. works. So yeah, so eventually they get towed. They're lucky though; like yeah. they could have just been lost in well, the nighttime. They're in a boat, so they'll yeah. be 
sure they'd be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they kept getting, but they right? kept, because it was so rough, they kept getting swept out. Right. Mm. So that could have been a problem. Right. So the engines are down. So they can't, they're just like a drift. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's funny. Cause he's like, when all this is happening, he's just like, I wonder if it would have been safer if I had to just canoe to most factory yeah. rather than wait for these guys. So, um, yeah. So, he, you would think like, okay, he's canoed it, he's done his thing, and this was just all on his own, like no yeah. sponsorship. No Do you nothing. know uh, how how long did he go on this again river? Like, how so long it's about a hundred kilometers, 100 kilometers. Oh, a little over a hundred kilometers. So yeah. he did that in what, a couple of days? Do you know? I don't know. Maybe don't not know. even hundred kilometers. Well, I don't know. I don't know how many kilometers you can do in a day because if you're going down a river, it's pretty fast and it'll yeah, yeah. be pretty quick. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's still obsessed with this river because he's found these like five uncharted waterfalls plus all these rapids and everything like that. And he still doesn't, um, he still hasn't been able to find like any of like the surveyor's records from the 1930s when they were mapping out and putting the boundary in between Ontario and Quebec. Yeah. So, so he still, um, so he, he keeps looking, keeps looking and eventually he does, he does find the surveyor's notes on it. But definitely they didn't see any of the waterfalls. There's no mention of any of the waterfalls. So yep. they didn't go that far up the river yeah. enough to see it. Oh, why would they? Yeah. yeah. So um, so now it's 2013 and he's going to plan out an expedition a bit more carefully. He ends up getting a grant um, with, uh, again, Canadian Geographic and he he also gets like a bunch of, of like a bunch of sponsors this time. So now he has like an actual GPS to take with him, so he can actually. Doesn't even have a GPS. No, he's just taking like a Like even for us, we have a, our GPS thing when we're going I around. Know. It's like I'm not going without that. I it's know. Crazy. So so now he's. And it's not like this is like 1970. It's no, like, it's 2013. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's I like, know. Just get a Garmin. So <laughs> so yeah, so he gets like a GPS so he can plot the waterfalls and him and his dad rig something up so they can actually like measure how big the waterfalls are as well. Um, and then. Um, oh, this will be much easier than this time around. Uh, proper gear. You and think uh, so. Oh, here we go. So and so he gets other sponsors sponsorships from like other like local like outdoor kind of stores and that sort of sure. thing um but like tackle. what i don't understand is why couldn't he get someone to donate him a canoe or a better one because again he takes this canoe again this 13 foot canoe that's been bent and broken but like again. what what is it with like you see he's getting these grants or whatever are they giving him like 10 bucks i like don't know it, you know like i, don't I could know. just spend like spending all this time running a proposal like you know, if he's got his PhD or whatever, he should know how to write proposals and he's getting all this stuff together. And like, but for what? You would get two grand? Like, I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't talk about how much money he got, but I'm just you like, know, well, like you, couldn't, you couldn't get a sponsor to give you a fucking yeah. canoe? But you know what I think though? Like if you're doing these things, like if you're going to say, even if it's 50,000, like I don't even want to know how much it costs just for like a plane ride. You know, it could oh, be like no. 10, 15 of grand course. or whatever to to coordinate all that in the boats. Yeah. So like the pickup and drop off alone yeah, is probably worth so be. and shipping all your gear or whatever yeah. up there. Yeah. So I, I can imagine that takes up a bulk of the money, yeah. but still like two, three thousand dollars <laughs> to get like a top of the line, tip top light canoe, canoe that's, that's strong like, or whatever it is. I know. Yeah. So, um, 
he also and some people like their beat up canoes though. Well, I know. Point and of I, pride, maybe. Even, and I think that's know. what it is with this one because it's yeah. been through. He's been through yeah, so much exactly. with it, so I get it. Um, so he starts actually getting quite a bit of press about this, and I've never. I I don't know. I didn't hear about this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how I ended up hearing about him to begin with. Yeah, I don't know either. But um. He gets contacted by like a freelance journalist who from in the UK that wants to write a little something about him mm-hmm. and he doesn't think too much about it because she's freelance. She's not really associated with anybody and she's just like, yeah, I don't know if anyone's going to pick this up, but you're interesting. I want to write about you. Yeah. It does end up getting picked up by the Guardian and then mm, it yeah. just it explodes. Yeah. And so he's getting so many t- like requests for interviews and media CBC does stuff with him. The, the these idiots they want to send someone to go with him, and he's like, "Well, have you ever been in a canoe before?" And they're like, "No." no. And he's like, mm, "Maybe not this <laughs> yeah, time." Like, this I time. don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so of course the media they just being what they are, they get all kind of s- they get so much stuff wrong about his story about yeah, what he's doing because there's a big difference between something that's like, um, like first ever to happen or first on record and so he doesn't you can't prove he's the first ever to yeah. be on this river but no, definitely course. first on record yeah, right so exactly. it's a different thing and so he's frust. i think he's frustrated just because there's like a bunch of like misrepresentations because they're saying he's the first ever person to be down i think this river. so it's like, yeah, probably not and he's no. such a humble guy like i you could understand like this would be like really it would really bother him probably yeah. and not only that like he's really like I think he's like a really introverted and so all this attention I can understand would be yeah. not awesome. I mean, the guy canoes across the fucking Arctic by himself. So yeah. he likes to be below under the radar. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah. So he gets, he gets there and the guy that his driver that drives him to the drop off is just like, this year is completely different from last year. The water level this year is super high, crazy high. It's like a meter and a half higher mm-hmm. than last year. It's been a super wet summer. Uh, so it's going to be much more rapid, much too. more rapid, much more dangerous. But he says to be in the woods was to be home. So it's just he's you can tell he's like glad to be away from the media circus. Yep. So he at one point kind of loses focus, is not paying 100 percent attention and ends up wrapping his canoe around a boulder. Yeah. So he's able to get out. It's just like it's just funny because this poor canoe has just been through so much. And yeah. He gets wrapped around a boulder again. So um yeah, so he's able to man, uh, measure the height of all of these different waterfalls. Of course, they're shorter this year because the water level is higher. Um, and so he estimates um, that it's about, the, the highest one was about six meters that year. So the year previous, w- he estimates it would have been about eight meters yeah. tall. So that's the tallest mm-hmm. one. So yeah, so there's between five and nine waterfalls. I guess there's different ways to classify waterfalls. So there's some that go around islands that some people might not consider waterfalls that kind of mm, split. splits. So yeah. they wouldn't kind of consider them that way, but like they kind of are. So that's why he says between five to nine different But waterfalls. a waterfall classically then would be just like the whole river and then it just drops like yeah, all the water. But even, right? but even then it's different because there's some that are constantly in contact with the bedrock and then sometimes there are ones that are not in in contact so it's different sometimes they're horseshoes like they can just be all different and it's interesting there are some pictures that you can look up and kind of see what the waterfalls look like because you took pictures yeah Yeah, so um 
yeah so then he returns and he they uh, the royal canadian geographical society um elects him as a fellow which is kind of a big deal because all like the famous explorers from like the uk and everything were all fellows of their royal geographical societies he must have really thought that was i don't know touching or whatever i think or so you, you know i what think I mean? to like be to be like a among giants yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely like the people that he looked up to um and then he got to present the flag the geographical society's flag he took pictures with it when he t- when he was on the river mm-hmm. he was able to present that to the governor general at a ceremony so that's kind of a big deal yeah. and that was um the johnston guy that was the president of our university yeah right? david johnson UW. yeah david yeah. johnson yeah yeah um, so then he says, the again, like all the other rivers I had explored before, it seemed only to increase my appetite for greater challenges. And yep. so this is when he starts planning for his next journey across the Arctic. Yeah. And that was so. also because it was Canon's 150th birthday, right? Yep. So he did that one yep. in uh, 2017, yep. in the spring of 2017. So, yeah. So that's the story. Yeah. From 18, 1867. Yeah. 1867. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, so I read first and then we listened to it as a family, that book, which was unreal. What I love the most about Adam is you can tell like just how much he loves to be in the outdoors and how important it is to him that we preserve these wild places. But he knows it's not just like knowing survival. He knows so much uh, like about the history the history the geography even the geology he knows so much about like the different um flora and fauna because he was even like keeping track of of those things as well like the plants and everything yeah yeah. well and even when he went with brent that summer they found bald eagles nests and that far north and the thing is, is like ornithologists were just like, well, no, they don't go that far north. But because no one had really been that no far, north, you yeah. don't even know, right? right? So, so he was able to even kind of find that out. So yeah. it's really, and not only that, but he he talks a lot to like the indigenous people that were there because he talked a lot to them to find out if anybody knew about the again river yeah. just to see what th- what they knew about it and yeah. no one had really because yeah. that that's where it's that um you know the traditional knowledge will come into yes. play because lo- a lot of that stuff it's not written down exactly. but it's just passed on from elder to elder oral oral histories yeah. yeah so that was really interesting not only that like he knows about like different teas to make from yeah. the d- all the different edible plants. Yeah, he knows what to eat, what you can eat or whatever, if yeah. whatever happens where there's no food or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and like he even used, because with his thumb, he even used some sort of like moss that he found to like help with like absorbent or I don't know what he used it for, but it was some sort of medicinal purpose. Maybe to help keep out infection. Maybe, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like exactly. antifungal or whatever yeah. or anti whatever would in fact anti yeah. was anti antiviral whatever anti-vi- yeah, yeah bacterial yeah bacterial yeah whatever um and so and then he knows like all of the stories um like some of like he talked in in one in one party talked about like the wendigo so like this myth of this cannibalistic monster that the uh, indigenous people had so he talks a lot about that so it's like it's so much all together like yeah. it's a really that's what i really like about so, you know, it the holistic approach and yeah you're going in there and you're all like i said all the science he's doing and all the yes. different uh fields of science whether it's geology about the rocks or about 
the land or whether it's mm-hmm. you know the the birds or the the, the plants and the animals like yes. it's all kinds of and then it's the weather and the climate and like I said then he's yeah. surveying the waterfalls itself and like yes. there's so many different fields and it's just kind of encompassing everything which is just amazing it's and amazing and, and just even there's that like when you're in an unexplored place it's like every observation you make is just like so valuable and just adds so much oh, to yes. the, the science and to the knowledge of something yeah. uh it's just it's quite quite amazing yeah and that's why like this book was really good and then beyond the trees that's why i wanted the kids to listen to it because it was all like histories and knowledge of canada that like you don't learn that in school right and so that's why i really wanted the kids to listen to it which was awesome and then his latest book actually i forget what it's called now um but it was interesting because it was trying to find it he went to labrador with a friend so it's called the whisper on the night wind and so he was trying to investigate this big old wilderness legend mm-hmm. and uh, it was called the Traverspine Beast. And so him and his friend were trying to look for this Traverspine Beast. There had been this legend of this beast that had come. And so this is fake. Like this well, Traverspine? Traverspine. Traverspine. Beast. Yeah. So, and there was, but there was actually like, like firsthand accounts of people seeing this thing and so he went to go polar bear i don't know (laughs) well not in labrador well so when he goes through like what it could have been Mm, and different things and they even set up trail cams and there's the ending is just like oh my gosh that is scary so anyways so that was a really a really good book as well i can't recommend it enough he's just and he's a really good writer yeah so yeah yeah so crazy so that being said Mm -hmm. we are kind of talking about this so um what do you recommend this book in terms of just a a read oh it's one to ten ten out of ten obviously obviously why else would you give anything (laughs) and in terms of adventure and Mm. what you would like to do or if there's anything in what he does that you would like to incorporate into our lives um to go on adventure what um what do you rate that yeah like i yeah like i'd love to go back out on the canoe like it it, it is it is really awesome and mm-hmm. i think having that again having that struggle and yeah you know and when our canoe is like you said it's going to algonquin park it's yeah, not it's the not struggle a, there no it's not it's the not struggle the, here the only thing is just the bugs so how he describes the bugs he describes at one point like he like coughing because he inhaled so many black flies like that's so disgusting like there's so much is he just like also just like immune to the bites at this point i don't i just think he, maybe he's just yeah just like used to him and he has like he has like a bug net that he wears I yeah don't, i don't know how much that's gonna help well remember the ones that we had Fuck. That they, well they help they, you, they i guess you, you know what i mean i don't know but the thing is is i can imagine a bug net like that being so much better up north because then at mm-hmm. least if it's not so hot yeah because of ours it's like you're wearing that bike now it's like also 30 degrees and it's like you're just yeah, you're boiling because you're in this big huge sweater um so but I, not that it doesn't get warm in the north of course it does if he's going in the middle of the summer or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah uh, and i guess he doesn't use like any deet or any that kind so of stuff too. like sometimes but he's just like it doesn't really help very much yeah or when you get when you get up there to that point of that's what i mean there's just like so, there's many, so many right like them. even if it even if it's 99 percent effective yeah well there's like ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, so you'll still, still like get bit lot. by you know one percent okay so a thousand of them that'll yeah. that'll like oh, screw this deet i'm yeah, getting that yeah, blood yeah. <laughs> or yeah. whatever yeah 
Yeah, but no, it was really it was really good. And apparently, him and Brent are still friends. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. So I, I mean, like let's 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 back up a little bit and talk about like our trip and how what yeah. we had planned. Yeah. So do you have any? Because we were going the whole, the whole idea was to tent all ca- across yeah. different places and do mm-hmm. some canoe trips or what have you. Mm-hmm. Do you regret or would you do it differently in our idea to like just ditch the tent and go for a, a trailer instead and should it should it be like oh you know what well we should have just kept with the the tent and and the, the canoe um kind I of way to go about it i think that's a lot i think it it's a lot of work i mean him it's different he's just by himself so he just has to deal with stuff well for not all the time but but mostly like cooking for himself like i'm thinking of mm-hmm. his big long um his big long one in the Arctic. Cause that one mm-hmm. he left in the spring. And then I think he ended up at his spot in like September. So that's, I can't remember. We'll say. I yeah. Think it was, good it over, was a, over the summer. Yeah. yeah. So like that's a long time. And I just find, I found it really tiring to everything was difficult. Like just doing anything was hard and a lot of work was mm-hmm. involved. And I felt I couldn't, enjoy things as much because everything was just so hard or because we're honest always on the go to get to the next yeah to get the next site so so that you could also plan things differently right where it doesn't always have to be on the go it could be like we're going to get this one place and we're going to stay for a week or whatever it is yeah yep you could but i think there's a happy medium between Mm -hmm. because i did enjoy canoeing on the lake and i loved trying to navigate like trying to find where we (laughs) should go and stuff like that so i really enjoyed that um but I think there's a happy medium between doing that all the time and right. having like, you know, maybe having a trailer as well. Like I know that's all obviously expensive, but like, yeah. I think there's a ha- there's a happy medium mm. to be had there. Mm. Yeah. So what about planning some other type of adventure? Like, would you do something like you know what I'm going to we're going to go down some kind of river that's mm-hmm. never been, you know, not never been explored, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean, as opposed to. Okay, it's one thing to like, oh, I'm going to journey across Algonquin. Okay, great. But mm-hmm. what about like, oh, no, I'm going to go down this more wild river. You know, like I you, you hear those people that, you know, they'll kind of almost canoe across Canada or whatever, yeah. right? Where they'll start somewhere and just end up all yeah. the way, you know, because it's almost all connected, right? I mean, there's some portages, but it's like something like that. It's like, I'm going to do that over the summer. You know, is that that would be cool for sure to have like that kind of plan. I think you would have to be very, very experienced like to do something like that. Or we could just do it. <laughs> I knew well, you were like going to say that. This other guy he brings yeah. along, right? No, he can't, can't even light a fire. No, At least I could light a fire. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if, if you're, you know, if you plan something and it's not going to be forever, it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to spend a couple months. We're going to go down this epic adventure. Yeah. If know, there's like, if there's an get end. Get some sponsors or whatever, right? Or yeah. Like if there's an, if there's a, a definite end date to it, like I think that's. Oh, for sure. That's, yeah. I think like when we were in Algonquin, that was one thing because we knew it was a certain amount of time and I knew like we were going to get to showers and breakfast. You yeah. know what I mean? So even something like that in terms of preparing, maybe it'd be like, you know what? We're going to do like a two week yeah. trip, hundred percent. you know, and you can do something where it's like, you know, you can get drops of food too. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, it's a Gonquin park. It's not uh but fuck, you know, <laughs> wherever the hell uh, up north. Right. Uh, yeah. Where the only way in is like through helicopter or boat plane or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. that would still be really cool too, though. 
<laughs> I'm there. You, you, you know me. Um, yeah. I'd love to do something like that. The, yeah, I just think it's, it, a, it's a different way to see the country. Yep. And I think... I think that's... I want to say the, the real way. It's not the real way, but it's... I, I, I want to do both. Sorry. Yes. No, 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 no. Go, go, go. Uh, go. To me, there, there's two things mm-hmm. that I love about in terms of exploring Canada and how I w- always want to do it. Number one, I want to just like in a car or whatever, I want to yeah. drive and I just want to go along the roads and yeah. I want to go to different towns, yeah. see different people and see everything through on the road and have that landscape yes. and you drive the Yukon and whatever, just drive yes. everywhere. Yeah. So that's the one way. And then you see the people and you get an idea of everyone. So Well, and just to add to that, that was one thing I really did enjoy so much was seeing different northern cities. Like yep. I had never been to Sault Ste. Marie. I had never been to Thunder Bay. And I loved being able yeah. to explore those cities and see what they were like, even compared right. even like compared to Sudbury as well. Yeah. So I loved that. I really yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, so that's, one. that's one way to go. And I love that too. And then the other way is, to, yeah, like you get to a spot and you just like, go on your canoe and then you just go down the rivers, go down the lakes and get to these like remote areas where you can explore the wilderness and the beauty of the land that we do have and feel connected to the land. And, you know, you know, all those things you hear, you know, like I want to be one with the land and connected or whatever. Um, That's to me is also really appealing and has a good call to me, even though I've never really done much of that. Even though, like I said, when I grew up, I was always going out, in my yard but this just around the lake and around yeah. whatever but it's still i just love being outside so mm-hmm. i never really went on any expeditions or yeah. canoe trips or anything like that yeah. but i still just love being outside and being outdoors um so that really kind of speaks to me as well too so i think of like i'd love to go up to the yukon or somewhere yes. and just like get some river and just go down go down a river and just have a week you know, like people that do those things where they have a kayak or whatever and they go mm-hmm. down and they just kind of explore and go down like old, old, like fur trade routes or whatever yeah. it is, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I guess like that's where I'm saying, like, I feel like there's you can do both at the same time. For mm. me, that would be the best yeah. because you have that time where you're not having to like try and figure out meals yeah. and eat dehydrated food all the time yeah. like yeah and th- that was our plan i think it was like if we have this trailer so you know like for example like he said quetico you go have a trailer yeah you park at quetico yes. you got the canoe and it's like okay well, let's do a one week yes loop around, loop around quetico around. or whatever it is okay whatever pack up drive to the next town you see that or yeah. whatever what's the next little adventure that exactly. we're gonna have exactly yeah that that's the that's the best of both worlds for me yep. yeah yeah so so when are we doing it? I don't know. I'd love to do this. So what if there's a way, like thinking, you know, outside the box, I guess a little bit, because mm-hmm. a lot of people say, you know, there's all kinds of grants for so many different things, yeah. right? Like whether it's filming or whatever, writing, yeah. like, can we not reach out to people or whoever and or like write things? Say like, this is what we want to do. Yeah. We want to go travel across Canada document people meet people interview people podcast yeah. whatever you yeah. know what i mean whatever yeah. it is do you want to support us in this adventure or yeah. whatever here's our plan yeah you know get sponsors or again write grants because like there's this canadian film board like yeah. there's got to be all kinds of 
I mean, our government loves spending money, so maybe there's money for this, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. There's got to, yeah. like, how cool would that be to somehow get, like, well, even a bunch of grants like and it's like, okay, here's $100,000 to go make your film. Like, well, there's been there's film boards, like, millions no, of dollars to, to well, make these films. Well, this one, I don't know if you watched it with me. It was on Prime. I think it was called Departures, and it was, like, this like a reality show of these two guys that were buddies, I guess, that rented a camper and were driving it across the country. And so they were being filmed and they did it. And I don't think they were anybody big or spe- like I don't yeah. really recognize who they were. So I know that, that was they, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah they, 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 got a, they got a camper. I, I remember seeing somebody, they're like, oh, we wanted to go across Canada. So we're going to figure it out. So we ended up deciding to get like a camper. Yeah. Yeah, the Jesus, and there was time there was like three there was three seasons. So the first season was in two thousand and eight. It's not like the uh, the buried life guys. Oh, I remember those guys? He, not really. I didn't really watch that. Mm. So, yeah. Well, they're more like a oh no, they go to a bunch of different places around the world. So they so yeah. only one of the episodes was in Canada, right? Um. That's when they drove the camper from East Coast to West Coast. Yeah. And then they, but they only did it in like a few days too. So I was like, well, that's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then they go to a bunch of different countries. Man, talking about this now is getting me all excited I to do know. this. Because I know like, you know, we talk, you know, offline, I guess you could say about all the mm-hmm. different things. And we have so many different ideas. One day it's like, oh, well, let's just build a house and let's get <laughs> some land. Next day it's like, oh, well, let's just go move downtown Montreal or whatever. And yeah. then like, and we'll, and we'll do the next day. It's like, oh, well, let's just open up whatever wellness fitness center or whatever the yeah. next day it's like well let's just travel around I know. The whatever <laughs> it's like next day let's just move to thailand I it's know. like jesus pick something uh, yeah 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 but anyway. i just don't want it to end up being one of those things where it's like you know the the netflix thing it's like you end up oh, what are you gonna watch and you end up not watching anything because you're just scrolling through scrolling all the through options everything. and it's like don't want that to be us where it's like we're just thinking of all the cool things that we want to do and then we end up doing nothing because there's just too many options yeah yeah but thinking thinking about this and talking about like an rv and if we just have something reliable (laughs) that we could just do you know what i mean that just works and that we can sleep in and the rest will take care of itself right Mm -hmm. so we need we need an rv Mm -hmm. and i would say a sailboat (laughs) and a canoe right yeah (laughs) you can do it yeah yeah I mean, if we look at how much we spent on that RV, if we can get something, I mean, that was, I mean, it was fair, relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that was you know, if we get, well, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but if we could, you know what I mean? If we get something that's comparatively cheap and mm-hmm. that runs, yeah, uh, that's all we need. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. It'd be really cool. It would be something. It'd be cool. Indeed. Um. Yeah, Adam Schultz, very inspirational. Yeah, sorry, we're totally getting <laughs> into the pie in the sky here. Yeah, yeah. Adam Schultz, I can Alone Against the North, an Expedition to the Unknown. Yeah. Read it. Read it, and, and I've read uh, all of his books, so yeah. he's awesome, very knowledgeable. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a really cool guy. I totally want to chat with him. I chat. I want to go camping with him. <laughs> 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 I was like, bring me on your on bring your adventure. Uh, that'd be amazing. It would be awesome. I, w- I wonder though if 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 I went like right now, it's like, oh yeah, well come on, we're gonna do this two yeah. week thing. If I just pack up and fold like these other guys, be like, yeah, the bugs, oh, it's too much. Oh no, you wouldn't. It's still I, like I know the bugs would just drive me bananas, but yeah, you just deal with it, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
Ugh, they're rough. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Again, yeah, like the 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 pleasure you get from pain, you know, in that oh, way of, of like course. after you've tra- after you traverse through the struggle yeah. and you just like, oh. You know, yeah, I did it, and I yeah. think like that's how he felt when he was yeah. finished. And the like, view, I did it. and even yes. and when you're on the water too, you're not getting you have relief no, from bugs, better. right? So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it'd be amazing. Yeah, be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So that was great. That was great. Adam Schultz, uh, definitely um, check him out. Read all his stuff because it mm. is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And with that, I'm just going to say thank you, as always, for, for watching yes. and listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Yes, especially when you ramble. <laughs> I always ramble. That's that's the thing. Um, that's why the 20-minute podcast ends up being you know, 80 <laughs> minutes. But, you know. That's all right. Tis what it is. Indeed. So if you do like the stuff that we do, please check us out on our website, odubanandrea.com. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe we'll figure out how we can get some sponsors and do our own things and then yeah. we'll document that stuff that would be that'd be cool that would be amazing i, I could say it right now is if somehow some magical thing so it's like yeah here's a hundred thousand dollars to do this mm-hmm. crazy video or journey through across canada and make some documentary or whatever i'm like yeah Sold. down all that. when do we leave <laughs> like right now right now <laughs> so that would be that'd that be would cool. be amazing it would be awesome so maybe yeah. we can look uh, maybe we can look into that see what we can find Shit, I shouldn't have read this book. You shouldn't have, <laughs> but you're excited too. Don't lie. Don't lie. So, with that... Oh, Chris by Five. Chris by Five. Oh, that, oh, that was a bad it. one. You were getting good, there but... Go. All right. Sorry. That I was one. Off my g- I was off my game. You're off your high five game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, yep, as have always. Have a great week. Yep. We'll see you next time. Bye.